When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. are listening to the urban sports scene with Wole, Will T, and Ray Jeezy, and we are part of Ampire Media at ampiremedia.com. What's good, fellas? <laughs> Will T? I was delaying, for, I was delaying to let Ray go. Y'all be scaring me. I'm like, I didn't maybe, want to talk over I, Y'all be scaring me. I'm like, do I not have you guys on? Okay, yeah. What's good? What's going on, fellas? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. Feeling better. Um, was out for the last two weeks. Um, excited to be back. Talk sports with my guys. Awesome, man. Hey, and, hey, hey, what's going on, Ray? How you feeling, bro? Everything is everything, and I'm kind of feeling some nostalgia because this is how we were when COVID was really popping <laughs> off early on. In like 2021, we were on on the phone, and we never knew who we were going to talk and when. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like I said, it's, it's, it's like a, a throwback Thursday. Hey, it is Thursday, too. By oh, the way, it's not oh, a regular facts, show, so facts, perfect throw, thing. You know what? Yes, it's throwback Thursday. Hey, um, <laughs> anyway, Amp Papyri Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington Commanders Insider John Kime, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today Insider Mike Jones. You can subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Tune in iHeartRadio and Google Podcast. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, do not forget to subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel. This show can be found on Podcast DC, the local app with hundreds of options and local news and health in the DC region. <clears throat> Excuse me, DMB region. Uh-huh. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all the Empire shows as well as other great content. And yeah, don't forget to catch the Urban Sports Scene on social media. Tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on IG at Urban Sports Scene. And like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Hey, check out our, um, our weekly NFL picks on the Football Garbage Time website. Uh, just go to www.footballgarbagetime.com. It's part of the Urban Sports Scene Football, Football Garbage Time Challenge. The Will T and the Urban Sports Scene Football versus oh Football Garbage Time Challenge. Here we go. Go ahead, bro. Also, Will the Let them know. Exactly. That's, that's, thank you, Ray. I appreciate that. Also, <laughs> join our Urban Sports Team Facebook group. Search for search Urban Sports Team, sports <laughs> bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. Hey, Will T. <laughs> Let's get into our tradition of pregame. Hey, yo, here's what we have on tap. We'll talk about the Washington Commanders losing to the Dallas Cowboys 25-10 and their upcoming game against the Tennessee Titans with Tony McGee's Pro Football Plus Washington Commanders reporter Donna Hopkins. At 8.30, tune in to our interview with light 
lightweight star boxer Shakira Stevenson. And finally, in our segment HBCU Corner, we have a pre-taped interview with former NBA great and Fisk University men's basketball coach Kenny Anderson. Uh, but right now, uh, we have Tony McGee's Pro Football Plus Washington Commanders reporter Donna Hopkins on the line. What's good, Donna? What's up? Uh, you know what? I see that you three need to get it together like this Washington <laughs> Commanders team. I know. Donna, all, all over the place, too, just like this team. <laughs> Hey, you're right. We are all over the place. This is no lie, Donnie. You're right. Hashtag fire Scott Turner. Um, yeah, but you're right though. We're all over. Wow. <laughs> so you throw your hash. You throw your hash. Oh man, this thing. There, huh? this, go, this thing on social. This going viral, man. This thing real. This thing is real. <laughs> Donna, tell Wole that he'll never get invited back to the press box if he keeps <laughs> putting out these hashtag fire um Scott Turner uh tweets. But anyway, yeah, all he, right, last time. Look, 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 look. All I got to say is just tell the truth. Just thank you, Donna. There's enough people not being for real. Oh, know what? See, Will, someone's on my side. Someone's on my side. All right. Yeah, well, you got to keep it, it real last, here. Let's get into it. Last Sunday, the Washington Commanders fell to the Dallas Cowboys 25%. What were your thoughts on Washington's performance, Ray? I want someone to wake me up from this bad dream, this nightmare that I'm having with this team because they go up to Dallas. Uh, uh, they, you know, they drop their third straight game. They go up there and the offense, you know, they said we're going to put the pieces together after the Eagles game. We're going to go back and look at the film. How much film can you look at and not realize the mistakes? And, and, and that's the thing that I can't understand. The first thing they said, we got to go back and look at the film. Well, well, what is the film saying each week? Because each week you're doing the same thing. Okay, they got the running game going 142 yards. But when you look at this, this team over the course of this season right now, only eight touchdowns, uh, five, uh, uh, I think, sacked 17 times. He's thrown five interceptions. And, I mean, it's it's just a shambles. This offensive side of the ball was supposed to be stronger. I mean, you got all the weapons and everything, but everybody's trying to blame it on the offensive line. Yes, the offensive line is getting pushed around, but that is the commander's fault because during the offseason when they needed to shore up this offensive line, they got flyers still out there that they could bring back that, to me, was one of their best offensive linemen, but you didn't want to pay him because you paid Carson Wentz too much money that you couldn't get other people. So so that is what's wrong with this team right now with this Dallas game is that this offense is not producing, and you got the weapons. I mean, you got three receivers that are solid. The, the running game produced, they stuck with that, but Carson Wentz is part of the problem too, so they're trying to blame it all on the offensive line. He's had two intentional grounding when it was his fault. That was on him because he's not getting away from nobody. A mobile quarterback is what is needed right now with an offensive line that's beat up like that. So it's enough blame to go around from the offensive line as far as the quarterback to the offensive play calling. You you just picked your poison. Mm. Now, when Carson Wentz was in Philly, it was the same excuse. The offensive line play isn't good. So we're seeing a common denominator when it comes to him. So I do agree with you, Donna. Perfect way to start the show. But I want to ask you, is this rock bottom for Coach Ron Rivera? And does he need to make some changes? And does he need to make them now? Well, well everybody keeps saying, you know what, we're just four games into the season. There's a lot of football to be played. 
but you can't continue to make the same mistakes and say, because guess what? Time is going to run out before you know it. And we're going to be 14 games into the season, and then we're going to be talking about this same thing. So everybody is on the hot seat when you say Ron Rivera. But but you said that in Philadelphia, he played well in Philadelphia when he was drafted. I mean, he was solid there until he got hurt. But right now, uh, you know, they said, when I say that everybody's on the hot seat, last year they said, when we get a quarterback in here, Scott Turner is going to be able to to make things happen in this offense. He's going to be able to open it up. All I'm seeing is the same thing. And 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 when you talk to some of the, the players from opposing teams, they said, we know what this team is going to do every time on mm. offense. No adjustments in the course of the game. You can't wait to have time to make adjustments, which they didn't make no adjustments uh, because Dallas's defense, I'm not taking that from them. They're solid. But still – you have to be able to make adjustment in the course of the game. You can't wait till halftime because by the time halftime comes, it may be too late. You might be on life support. And right now this team is on life support in games. So you're trying to like figure out, okay, what, what team is going to show up each week? And now, now you got a bad situation on the offensive line that you lost another offensive lineman, Sam Cosme. Uh, so, so that's another starter. And so you're, you got to piece together offensive line right now. It's almost like putting a Band-Aid over a wound uh, that never heals, and that's what's going on right now on the offensive side of the ball. It's hemorrhaging because you haven't uh, let, the, let the wound heal enough for this offense to go forward. And Carson Wentz, to me, and with Scott Turner, he hasn't done anything new for the offense. I mean, it, it's no new wrinkles and everything. Then you got Dotson out this week. You might have Brian uh, uh, Robinson Jr. back, but still you have some of the same problems happening on that opposite side of the ball. Yeah. I'll, so see, and yeah. to well, answer your question, mm-hmm. everybody, hot seat. So, yeah, you see, Donna, you mentioned, you know, Scott Turner. Hashtag fire Scott Turner. Um, yeah, like this is the consistent – the issue to me is from, it's something that, you know, we always make – like you mentioned last season, but about – getting this guy the quarterback. It's always something when it comes to Scott Turner as the play call. The first year was, you know, he had Dwayne Haskins, um, a rookie quarterback. Then he had Alex Smith that same year, a, a guy who was, like, basically playing off one leg. Um, then year two was Taylor Heineke. You know, year three is now, like, the offensive line or, you know, Carson Wentz not, you know, holding the ball too long or whatever. When is it come? When is it going to come down to like the common denominator? Like there, because because we've heard this term before. Like this guy could be a boy genius, right? And we've seen other coordinators out here. Like you got Kyle, like Kyle Shanahan has had lesser talent. No one like Jimmy G. A lot of people. You ask a lot of fans. They're like Jimmy G. Sucks. But it's the, Jimmy G. Has taken the San Francisco 49ers to the to the to Super Bowl. Um, look what he did with Jared Goff. Before Jared Goff was even relevant, people were like, he's a bust. He's gotten Jared Goff to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I'm talking about Sean McVay. I mean, I'm talking about Sean McVay, excuse me, when I talk about the Rams. But when do we put onus on this guy as a coordinator until a point where, you know, he didn't have a track record like other individuals, like in terms of the only track record you know is nepotism of, you know, being North, like North's son. Yeah. Ron Rivera obviously owns, owes a lot yeah. to North because Ron, cause North pretty much gave Ron his first job up in San Diego. So, like, when do we start looking at this dude and say, you know what, like you just mentioned, other teams have, when you ask other teams, this offense is predictable. They say, like, they know what's going to happen. When do we look as fans and even as Ron Rivera, when do we look at him and say, you know what, you may not be the guy. 
Well, I think you got to look at everything, every part of the team. And, and you know, they, they could turn it around. We don't know that. But, you know, each game you're holding your breath to hoping that they will come out and produce and everything. But I think uh, this year is his third year. Most of the time coaches come in and they give them three years. Um, and so if that's the case, then this is the third year. And not only that, you got to be able to see some progression to me, this team is going backwards. I don't see any progression from his first year because when you look at the wins and the losses, even though they may have made the playoffs, why are you happy about seven wins and so forth? That's not nothing to be patting yourself on the back. You should be wanting to improve each year, and I haven't seen that improvement. And They keep saying we're almost there. We're close there and everything. But you're not seeing – I'm not seeing the fire from this team. I'm not seeing – you know, uh, coaches. I like the the coach that went off the other a couple of games ago. I mean, that's the passion that you want to see when things are not going right. Is that you're mad about it? So, to answer your question, Wally, you, right now is is when you look at everything. Uh, you assess everything right now. As far as every game right now is is an assessment for coaches and everybody moving into next year and everything. So. If you don't see that improvement as far as this team moving forward and everything, then you have to make those hard decisions as far as, you know what, we don't have time to waste right now because Ron Rivera promised when he came here that he was going to turn this around and that this year was going to be different than last year because they were close to this. But my question is, how can we be close when everybody knows that in order to build a championship team and everything, You've got to start in the trenches between the offensive line and the defensive line, and then you build everybody else around that. And if this has not built the offensive the offensive line for for forever, and then you let you think about all the players that they let go, the Trent Williams, the Morgan Moses, even though Morgan is not playing much, the Brian Scherf Flowers is out there, and I that list can go on and on and on. So so you are gambling this year to say we're going to get our quarterback. And so the offensive line, we think that they're in better enough shape. So Ron Rivera said that when they started the season, the offensive line didn't have these injuries. But over the last eight years, this this offensive line has been injury prone. So that's what you should have looked at is building that offensive line. I would have been able to stomach, and the fans probably would have been able to stomach it better, is that if you build the offensive line and the defensive line, defensive line seemed to be playing well, pretty good in the last two weeks. But if you build those two, two, two areas first, then the fans could probably come up for air and say, you know, we're starting where we need to start first. And then this quarterback situation, they just constantly can't get this right. Yeah. They're going to go, they, well, the teacher is going to, the teacher is going to put them in the corner. You said what? And what? make them stand. <laughs> Not to in the corner. <laughs> but Don, I got one comment. You know, uh, with the face in, in the creases. <laughs> I do have one comment from a from a listener, Donna, and they're talking about you know pretty much saying Wentz ain't it. Uh, they, there's one one that says uh, Eric, and it's from Eric Heineke for president. So I'm guessing he wants Heineke to be the quarterback. And also he said the team shouldn't be scared to play Howe. So if it comes to like benching Carson Wentz, who would you rather see, uh, Howe or Heineke? Well, let me just say throughout training camp, Howard had the better training camp. He looked he's he's more mobile. He seemed to have the uh, stronger arm than Heineke. They're not going to probably be bumped to go if they did make that change to to the you know the next quarterback up. It probably wouldn't be Howard because they're not going to bump over 
Heineke because he played last year. He played in other systems, so he probably knows the system a little bit more. Now, does that make this team better with him and whatever? I don't know. Uh, because right now, I think that they got the person that can lead this team overall. I think Howard is a good backup because you don't know what you got with him, but you, do you throw him to the wolves and, and, you know, with the considering this offensive line is what it is, or do you take, take your chances to try to establish this season? Some, if, if, um, if Carson Wentz doesn't step up because right now when I watched him in Dallas, he is shell shocked. Yeah. It's all. And I mean, I would, I would be shell shocked if I saw every time I look, people, are in my face and I'm running for my life. And but but my it goes back to the offensive coordinator. You know you don't have a mobile quarterback, uh-huh. so you've got to be able to put together a scheme that protects him a little bit to, to give him the time enough. Even if it's a one-two step, and then you 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 you're firing the ball and everything, or use your tight ends to come in to block. You've got to be creative right now because of the injuries and the situations that you're in. Because right now that offensive line is not going to get better. It seems like every week somebody is going down. Mm. Will? Y'all, y'all, yeah, almost sound like, y'all, y'all almost sound like y'all at a funeral because <laughs> no. you, you, you almost like you was like, yeah. No, yeah. what you done? No, what you done? Because mm-hmm. you know the team sucks. I mean, I no, mean, that's I'm what it is. Just because, <laughs> so I'm just messing because the way y'all sound is the way the fans feel right now. Is that can we stop the hemorrhaging? Can we stop the bleeding? Can we finally, you know, move forward? And I mean, it's been some light daylight when you go to the other side of the ball because let me tell you, Deron Payne is playing some ball. Uh-huh. I mean, they didn't want to sign him to give him his contract and whatever, but he's saying. If y'all don't sign me, I'm I'm making this I'm I'm making sure some other team sees my quality. And John John Allen is playing well because they've been able to stop the run up the middle, and that's something that that you know the last couple of years they couldn't stop nobody. And the, uh, running backs was running all over the place, but you know they've done a good job in the last two weeks. But they've got Derrick Henry coming in here. He's like a wrecking ball, a front train because if he's not running over you in the backfield. He's running over you, catching the ball out of the backfield. Well, Donna, let me ask you this. <clears throat> let me ask you this, Donna. Um, you know, a lot of people have advocated for such as Wole, hashtag fire Scott Turner. But if they, if they were to let Scott Turner go, who would be the guy that would be next in line, do you think, on that staff to take over for him? Or would the, would the next offensive coordinator be someone that's outside of the organization? Yeah, I, I mean, when you look at the coaching staff right now, it would almost have to be somebody outside the organization. Now, if they, I don't think that, don't think that they're going to get rid of Scott Turner in the course of the middle of this, unless you know, it's almost like Dan Snyder did when he fired uh, uh, Norb Turner, you know, in the in, in the in the middle of the night, and you know, but that was close to the end of the season, but. Uh, I, I mean, when you look across, you, I don't know if there's anybody in-house that you would put as the offensive coordinator right now, but if you, if you know, when Coach Gibbs and, you know, everybody, you got to talk about successful coaches when they were here. I mean, his first year when they were, I mean, when he was struggling and whatever, he, you know, and he was an offensive-minded coach. He went out and got top-notch people that you know was qualified for the job, uh, the Bobby Batzer, I mean, you know, he, I mean, you know, as far as the DMs, 
but uh, he got Richie Patterbone, and then he had, you know, a great offensive uh, uh, line coach, offensive coordinator. He went out and got people. So you can't just keep, like, like, like Wally said, uh, you just can't keep, uh, you know, just because you knew the problem and whatever. My bottom line is I'm about winning. And, I mean, I'm sure he is too, but I'm not going to bring a, 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 a offensive coordinator in here. And I believe that everybody should get an opportunity. But I'm not going to bring an offensive, line, uh, offensive coordinator in here that has never coordinated before because you're bringing him into a situation almost of failure because this team has not won in, like, forever and so you want somebody that's up, uh, you know, up to speed and ready to rock and roll of, of, of knowing how a season, more seasoned person. So I'm not for sure who's out there because Ron Rivera has to say as far as who comes and goes because he's uh, the general manager and the head coach. And I've never liked, you know, to have uh, a coach be the general manager, too, because I think that that puts too much pressure on them to try to do two jobs and whatever of having that much control. And it, to me, the coach should just, you know, focus on coaching and everything versus all the other pieces of being a general manager. And I think that's what coach Coach Gibbs did, you know, well is that he was the head coach and that's, and he has something to say about the talent. And if you notice across the NFL coaches that had that, you know, tag of, they wanted to be the GM and the head coach. I don't think as many of those people succeeded at that because it's just too much that you have to concentrate on versus just, you know, one area of the team. True. Hey, so Donna, you did. I mean, they got. Go ahead, Donna. Sorry. I'm just saying they've got tough decisions to make if this ship doesn't turn. Oh, I agree. They have a lot of tough decisions. So, Donna, you mentioned the Titans. The Commanders have the Titans next on Sunday. Uh, it looks like uh, running back Brian Robinson Jr. will be back. Uh, be back for um, be, will be back that game after being shot um, in the leg um, about a month ago. Where will be his impact and on on the offense offensive side of the ball for this team? Yeah, I'm not for sure how much they're going to play him. I think that they're, they're going to ease him in, which I would do that. I would ease him in because people got to realize Brian has been out for five weeks. Uh, even though he's been working out and whatever, that has not been the football type of workout that you, the impact, the, the pounding that you get in the course of a game situation. So I'm sure that the commanders are going to ease him into the offense and not just throw him in there and expect him to be Superman. I, and even though Brian, you know, with you who would want to be Superman, because that's what he, that to me reminds me of with his attitude and just his determination to overcome what he's been through. But I think uh, as Coach Rivera said, he, they want to ease him along into this. So I think that you may not see him as much as people think that they're going to see him, but I think that he's going to be in there. But let me tell you, uh-huh. In training camp, he is all of that. He is a, a true running back that would help this team, that would have helped this team if he would have started, but will help this team moving forward. The more he, they get him in there in the coming weeks and everything, you're going to see an impact as far as in that running game. And the running game hasn't been bad this yeah, year so far. If they stick with it. Yeah. If they stick with it, but I think that they're going to stick with him uh, and that running game, because Antonio Gibson has has ran the ball pretty good also. Uh-huh. So I would like to see more so them get 
uh, Logan Thomas uh, in there. I mean, you think about Carson Wentz, he always went to his tight end. Mm-hmm. Well, he can't even find the tight end right now. Yeah, I know. The, the tight end is almost like out on the island because he ain't even looking for that tight end right now. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think that, uh, that the interesting thing about it is well, with him – being back and when he's when he's totally 100 percent i am interested to see are they going to really you know run the football because to your point even within the you know these games they have run the ball effectively in in spurts and um the coordinator has tended to to go away from running the football so i'm interested to see with him him um being back on the field will that change him Will it change as far as uh, Scott, Scott Turner? Turner yeah, it... Scott Turner. Because he, um, they've been running well, to be honest with you. Jonathan Williams looked good against the Cowboys. Like, they ran well. Like, yeah. they ran well. And he still decided to kind of, like, when to drop back and have Carson out there on the island. So, I'm interested. I'm real interested. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, but but it's not going to, I mean, the running game is not the thing that's broken right now because the pat, the, the run blocking is pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's the pass blocking that needs to come up. So I think that I, I I mean I don't know how you rectify the, the the passing game and 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 to give Carson a little more time because like I said he looks a little jumpy right now uh, out there but I think it's him some I mean it's him somewhat also because his passes uh, are not sharp I mean they're over the receivers' heads and 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 he's not almost like uh, connecting, uh, you know, with the receivers and everything. With a lot of balls that's that's long, and and when you think about it, you look at the course of these four games, the long ball is just not existing at all. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, you know, maybe he doesn't have the time to get it off, but still, I don't even see them go upfield. Yeah. They're doing the same little stuff that they were doing last, and little dinky passes and whatever. They've got to be able to open up this because. I can sit there and say, this is going to be a run play. Uh-huh. Oh, they're going to go pass right there. This is going to be another run play and everything. So if I'm figuring it out, teams already are figuring uh, They already said they had figured it out. Yeah. It was almost like the defense knew exactly what they're going to do. Uh, they were in their skin. And and Mike, Michael Parsons didn't even, like, have a great game because they were trying to make sure that he didn't get to the quarterback, but other people were. Yeah, I know, and he wasn't. He didn't even dominate. I know. I'm with you, Donna. I am. Will you got the last question? Uh, All right. Yep. All right. Other than a victory, Donna, what do you want to see from this team on Sunday? Uh, you said other than a victory. Yeah, I mean, you want to <laughs> see this team improve. <laughs> yeah, we all want to see that victory. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you really want to see this offense get all – I mean, you know, what's scary is that they've got injuries with Dotson being out. Um, uh, Curtis, Curtis uh, Samuel was out, you know, earlier during the week, but it was just a little illness, so he should be all right. Um, but they're, they're missing some key po- uh, uh, people on the off, offense, offense side of the ball, but you got to go with what you, go, with what you, what you have. So what I would like to see is – this offense improve. I mean, as far as they come out with a little fire, this team come out not not talking about we got fire, but you seeing that they got fire. I want to see an angry team go and beat up Tennessee, and then you look like, oh man, they was really mad about this. They was went out and got that game. But they, they they didn't want to lose. I want to see a team that's fighting to win this game. I want to see a fight in them, and I mean. I don't care what they say or whatever, but I haven't seen that fight as far. I, I tell people I'm the most competitive person ever. I don't like to lose 
a little kid. I, I'm about if we're that. out there. That's what I'm talking about. I'm beating the little kid. Exactly. That's what I'm gotta, beating the little kid. They got to learn. They got to learn and today. And so, therefore, yeah, <laughs> I want to see that with them. I want to see you beat those little kids across the, the, the line of scrimmage from you. I want to see that fight in them that they're like that nasty team, like we coming at you, uh, you know, but I haven't seen that. So I, I want to see, I want to see them jump on this Titan team from, from the beginning of the game. And I want to see four solid quarters both for both sides of the ball. Well, Donna, hopefully they do that for real, because I don't know, but I want, I'm with you. If I want not, some fight. If not, if not, if not, they're going to have to put me in a freezer to cool me off. <laughs> Well, Donovan, that's deep. <laughs> you say that's deep? Yeah, that's yeah. deep. Put her in the freezer to cool her off, man. I know, man. Hey, hey, man. Donna, Donna, Donna Cutthroat when it comes to Washington, man. She is. She's cutthroat with it. Hey, Donna, before I let you go, though, um, where can folks catch your weekly show and, and, and your other content as well as how can they catch you on social media? Tony McGee's Pro Football Plus, uh, Mid-Atlantic Sportsnet, Nathan. You can catch on Wednesdays, Fridays at 10.30 p.m., Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, and then it's kind of like on other times and everything, but those are our three prime times. Uh-huh. Um, they can catch it on the if – they, if people don't have Masson, uh, we have a YouTube channel, and, and it's the Tony McGee's Pro Football Plus, so they can catch it there also. Tony McGee and myself have a podcast. It call, it's called In the Minute. Awesome. I mean, I'm schooling Tony because, I mean, I have a – I have a hard enough time with Gary and Tony on the show, and now I got to deal with Tony on the podcast <laughs> to bring him up to speed on everything. I mean, it's hard. So they can catch up on that. It, it's uh, weekly. Uh, normally we're on Thursday and so forth. So, uh, And then to catch me and what's happening with me, just Donna J. Hopkins, uh, DJ HOP on as far as Instagram. And, just, and I just tell people, put the name in, and it'll come up on the other Social media. She on Twitter too. She on Twitter too. Yeah, she on Twitter. Twitter too. Hey, hey, Wally, Wally, Wally. I got. Why I keep doing? I keep doing this. Tweeting a lot. Yeah, why I keep doing this? He got me tweeting a lot. I don't really, you know, get on Twitter, but now Wally got me all involved in Twitter. Exactly. You should keep telling you that it's Donna. It's Donna Hopkins underscore. Right? Is that am I right? Yeah. There you go. See, I got to do it for you. Look, yeah, folks. That's how you follow Donna on Twitter. Hey, Donna. That's because I don't tell about Twitter. <laughs> you gotta look, Donna. You got to. Hey, Donna. Thanks for being on. We appreciate you. Been fun, guys. All right. Thanks, Donna. Appreciate you as always. Thank you, Donna. All right. All right. Y'all have a good one. Bye. Bye. Absolutely. We appreciate Donna, but always. it's enough talking about losing, bro. Because me and Wale, we got to interview one of the, the young kings of boxing. We got to interview uh, boxing star Shakur Stevenson. We'll have that interview for you after the break. You listen to Urban Sports Thing. For ages, yeah, dude. For ages. My bad, Will. For ages. Deuces. No, we won't throw this over, Will. <clears throat> For ages. You dig? I'll say deuces. Deuces. You're supposed to say on Empire, Empire Media. That's EmpireMedia.com. <laughs> it's a delay, bro. Come I know. On. I know. You know. I can tell. <laughs> Junior
Self Wole, and we are part of Ampire Media at ampiremedia.com. We are now joined by one of the young kings of boxing whose hard work has catapulted him to superstar status as he's as he has achieved countless accolades at just a young age of 25. After 19 professional fights, he already sits on the pound for pound list of the top boxers in the world. He's a two-division world champion and now sets his sights on wreaking havoc at the 135-pound division, fighting out of Newark, New Jersey. Welcome to the urban sports scene, Shakur Stevenson. What's good, brother? What's good, man? Glad to have you on, my man. Good to have you on, man. So we, we want to start out real quick, have a little fun. Um, I don't know if you play video games. I know you ain't got a whole lot of time. You trained. Maybe growing up you did. But you remember the boxing video games like Fight Night and Knockout yeah. Game? Yeah. So I don't know if you're a fan, but think about if you was a fighter on, on one of the games, how would how would you like that? And the dope part about playing them games, you could fight people from past generations, different weight classes. Who would you like to fight if you was on a video game like that? Your your character and just what type of fighter would you be on it? I think I'd be like a ninety-five overall. <laughs> um I would like to fight uh, Manny Pacquiao because where I used to play on the game, he used to knock everybody out. <laughs> Who was Pacquiao was on Fight Night? Yeah, back in the day, he was on them. Yeah, he was on them joints. Yeah, he was on the last one. Yeah, he was on the joint. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I used to do Floyd. Floyd was like Floyd was sweet in that joint though. Yeah, yeah, Floyd was sweet. Um, so you know, man, you named after one of my favorite rappers. He's the goat, bro. Like, so what to me? Who is your what's your favorite pop song? Favorite pop song probably um. Either hit him up or uh, Hail Mary. Uh, Hail Mary is one of my favorites too. So before a fight, do you ever like, you know, rock out to hit him up though? Like kind of get you hyped and ready to go? Yeah, I do. I know. I know that's right. Hit him, All up, right. Hit him up. That's a dope one. That's a dope one. All right, let's get right into it. So in, in your last fight, man, to me, you dominated Oscar Valdez. So what was your mindset going into that thing? But Ross, uh, it, it was um, it was easy work, I feel like. Uh, I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. So you, his last right. fight was Robson, though. I'm sorry, my bad. My, oh, my bad. <laughs> oh. It was just this past Saturday. That was easy work yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I did. I was throwing up when he asked me. My bad, bro. <laughs> my, my bad. It's my fault. <laughs> but with, like your mindset going into it, and you know, obviously, there was a lot of talk about the weight or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, bro, like you're a young dude. You're 25. Like that has to be hard trying to make weight. Like so, talk talk to our listeners. How how difficult is it? I mean, when you find that one hundred and thirty pounds, and it's like your 
six fights. I mean, you got to think about it. I'm fighting, what, two times a year. This is my sixth fight at the weight. That mean, I've been here for a long time, if you um, put it in perspective. But um, it was it was hard. It was one of the hardest weight cuts in my life. I ain't never had to go through that in my boxing career before. But that's just – all that means is time to move up. That's how I look at it. Like, time to go up and wait. Um, I, I done got bigger. Uh huh. We so also we do this show out of DMV, you know, DC, Maryland, Virginia, and you yeah. train around here. What made you want to train in this area, and what was the experience like? I ain't gonna lie. I think uh, out of everywhere I've been, either DC or Vegas got like the best fun. Wow. Like, being honest, like down there is where like I got the best work. I done went down there and sparred with the uh, the Gary Russell. Um, Antoine, Antoine Russell. Um, I done sparred with um, Tank when I was down there. Lamont Rhodes. Uh, uh, it's some it, Mike Reed. It's some good fighters that I I done sparred down that way. So uh, I think I done got my best work from down there. Oh snap! We got to tell Anthony Peterson that one late because he was like Texas. <laughs> he felt like it, it's probably the best place for boxing training. So I appreciate that. But that's what a lot of people say in terms of sparring, in terms of just the, the, the crop of fighters that they get that work in. Man, we gonna ask you about the Russell brothers later. That's what we we cover um, mostly here in the, in the DMV. So we'll have a question for you then. But uh, we want to talk to you too about fighting in Newark. Of course, you fought in Newark. Your past fight had a crowd over ten thousand. I know they already asked you many times just what that felt like, but. I also want to know what it would feel like to fight in, like, AC, which, you know, AC used to be, like, the fight capital in Jersey. And, and shoot, it was equal to Vegas at one point. Uh, yeah. I'll probably be the person that bring it back there. I ain't going to lie. I think I'll be the person to make um, boxing alive back in uh, Atlantic City. But uh, I fought there before. It wasn't – I'm not as big as I am now, so it wasn't, uh, it wasn't that crazy of an experience. But – I know when I come back, like whenever I do go out there and we uh, have a fight out there, I know I'm gonna sell out. Sweet. So you know, being at 135, what what who would be your dream matchup at 135? I ain't got none. I ain't got none. <laughs> I love it. Got not one uh, person on there. Are they all good fighters? But I'm coming to take over the weight class. So I ain't I ain't looking at. I ain't putting nobody on no pedestal nowhere. Yeah, okay. Uh, everybody right there, and I'm coming to get everybody. All right, so for me, when I watch you fight, like I always, you know, tell my homies, like, yo, this is like the next Floyd. Who do you compare yourself to? I don't compare myself to nobody, bro. <laughs> I, I appreciate the Floyd comparisons because, uh-huh. like, I understand it. Like, that's why I can say I understand because I feel like we smart, smart fighters. Like, yeah. we one of those people that we don't give nobody nothing. You got to earn everything. Like, if you Land a punch on Floyd, like when Shane hit Floyd, he earned it. Like, you know he earned that shot. Like, that nice. was the punch they earned. Um, We're not just giving no, no shots away. So, I think uh, in that aspect, that's why I could see, like, where the Floyd comparison coming at. Like, my eyes, I, I could see everything real good. And I don't let nobody just uh, land a punch on me. All right. So, I, I mentioned – that we cover the Russell brothers, they they always, you know, complimentary, cool brothers. They, they said that they knew you was going to move up. This was three years ago. Remember, they was like, he's yeah. got a bigger frame. Like, yeah. Shakur not going to be at 126 for a minute. 
But as you move up in weight, you do get closer to who you miss. You get closer to Antoine. Is that a fight you could see yourself uh, one to be interested in the future? Yeah, if it come down to it, um, I ain't gonna lie. Like, if I'm being honest with you, uh-huh. um, he gave me like some of my best work ever. Like, as far as like sparring, uh-huh. me and him, we done did like 12 rounds straight in the in the heat. They gym, they gym so damn hot. It's, it's hot, hot, bro. That thing hot is, I don't know what, <laughs> man. I would swear like was back in Africa or something, bro. I would not lie to you, man. Yeah, me, <laughs> me and him done went to war like. In the heat, like, and I, I gotta respect him. Like, I ain't gonna lie, he a fighter. I say that I respect because um, he he made me earn. He he made me earn a lot of a lot of stuff. Like, I feel like um, even when I spar with him, I go spar other people, and it ain't you know it ain't as hot. It ain't as much pressure on me. Like he putting pressure nonstop, and he bigger than me, so I gotta fight him off. But um, yeah, I think me and him would be a hell of a fight. I think that's like the uh, the Sugar Ray Leonard. Marvin Hagler, if we if we ever uh, do fight, like I feel like it'll be that kind of fight. So, um, hey, I I took my hat off to him. I think he a um, hell of a fighter. I actually think he the best fighter in the um, DMV area right now. Uh-huh. If I'm being honest, uh-huh. him him and uh, Tank. But other than that, um, I think they the, they the best two fighters out there. Yeah, Antoine definitely got game. Well, we appreciate having you on, my man. Is there anything you would like to add before we let you go? Uh nah, that's good. All right, appreciate you, All man. Right, appreciate you, bro. All right, you too. All right. Dope, man. Dope individual, man. Dope individual. All right, as part of our HBCU Corner segment, we'll play our interview with NBA great and Fisk University's men's basketball coach, Kenny Anderson, after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Science for IJs. Yeti Deuces. Yeah, yeah, I'm out at Brooklyn. Now I'm down in Tribeca, right next to the narrow. But I'll be hood forever. I'm the new Sinatra. And since I made it here, I can make it anywhere. Yeah, they love me everywhere. I used to cop in Harlem. All of my Dominicanos right there up on Broadway. Pull me back to that McDonald's. Took it to my stash spot, 560 State Street. Catch me in the kitchen like a Simmons whipping pastry. Cruising down A Street, off white Lexus. Driving so slow, but BK is from Texas. Me, I'm out there bad style. Home of that boy Biggie Now I live on Billboard And I brought my boys with me Say what up to Tata Still sipping my ties Sitting courtside Nicks and Nets give me high five I be spiked out I can trip a referee Tell by my attitude That I most definitely from You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene With Wole Ray Jeezy and Will T. And we are part of Amplifier Media at AmplifierMedia.com. We want to thank you all for tuning in to our show. We appreciate you all. Before we sign off, listen to our HBCU Corner interview with NBA great and Fisk University's men's basketball coach, Kenny Anderson. All right, y'all. Enjoy. And thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Wole and Ray, part of Empire Media, AmpireMedia.com. Wole, this is yet another opportunity. It's one of the rare opportunities, but it is an opportunity that I have where I can say our guest really needs no introduction. That doesn't happen often. <laughs> you already know what it is. As he was the second overall pick in the 1991 NBA draft out of Georgia Tech, 
that preceded a successful 15-year NBA career. During his hoops journey, he amassed numerous accolades, including Gatorade National Player of the Year, Mr. Basketball, ACC Rookie of the Year, All-American, and NBA All-Star. He now looks to translate that success as a player to his coaching career as he is currently tasked with the job of being head men's basketball coach at Fisk University. Welcome to the urban sports scene in HBCU corner, Coach Kenny Anderson. What's good, Coach? Everything is great, man. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's oh, great no to have doubt. you. Yeah, we appreciate have, we appreciate you being on. Uh, yeah. So, Coach, uh, we're a lot of folks may not be um, they might not know a lot about Fisk uh, University. Yeah. Can you tell can you tell our listeners about the university? It's 1866, man. One of the uh, the founders. Um, you know, down in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, HBCU. Um, it, it's uh, it's huge, man. I, I'm learning. I'm learning a lot about the the, the historic, uh-huh. you know, uh, um, Fish University. You know, as we speak, I'm learning daily about it. You know, about the the blacks, and it just was crazy, man. You know, when they was growing up here uh-huh. in Nashville, Tennessee, it was just. I don't really want to get into it, stuff I'm learning you. about it. Uh-huh. It's real, it's real hard, man. Uh-huh. It's real hard with the blacks and whites. It's 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 real difficult uh-huh. to even discuss it. Wow. You know, and and but but I'm here to coach the team. Uh-huh. You know, it's a great academic school. Great, uh-huh. one of the one of the best HBCUs in America. Uh-huh. But you know, the, the, they're trying to bring up the athletic program, the volleyball the basketball. Now we got the first gymnast uh, team in the Tennessee area, HBCU. And, um, you know, it's just, it's it's great being here. It's great being here. And I love coaching these young men. Well, sweet. Well, Coach, I just want to mention that my first radio interview years ago was actually with you. You won't remember it, but you came on uh, with Mike Knox to talk about cigar smoking, man, back then. I don't know if you're still on that, but It's just amazing that you're here now at Fish University. I'm sure it's been a, a blessed experience just for you personally. Yeah, it's definitely been a blessing. I went to Div- Division One school, Georgia Tech. Everything was, uh, you know, given to us. You know, it's just difficult here. Uh-huh. But I, I'm in the process of raising money for the school uh-huh. and uh, doing doing right by my team and the, the athletic program in general. You know, and that's what I'm planning on doing. And I've uh, been here for four years but the third year was uh you know with the COVID went on they canceled the season uh-huh. so I've been here three years so I got a I'm real excited about our team this year so you know just we'll see what happens but I gotta still you know work work on me uh-huh. in the process and right. I'm working on those young men as we uh-huh. as we get started I feel you. so coach I do have a question um yeah so you mentioned I mean you went to Georgia Tech Yes. A great career in Georgia Tech. Yes. So in terms of the environment, like we yeah. forget all the, like, the money and whatever, the yeah. environment, campus environment, what's the difference between an HBCU environment <laughs> and like, you know, going to Georgia Tech? So, 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 so just black and white, man. Okay. I'm, I'm going to call it, you know, I'm going to call it how I see it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's uh, HBCU. I never experienced it. You know, our homecoming game against Morris this year is just real packed houses. It's crazy. The dancing, the, <laughs> It just it's just awesome. Mm-hmm. But then our game, you know, at Georgia Tech was real different, just sitting around basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, we had the lethal weapon three, myself, Dennis Scott, Brian Oliver. This was it was just awesome. 
we had everything, you know, everything, you know. So I'm just trying to give give my team, you know, um, love, you know, basically love, you know, that I care about them more than basketball with me. It's about, you know, what after basketball, how can I help these young men, you know, provide for their lives? Mm. Well, shout out to Dennis Scott. He's from the DMV. We do this show from the DMV, yeah. in the DC area. Um, you know, and also speaking of the DMV, we uh we actually had a special called the a series called the DMV a Ballers series, which featured we had we had interviewed folks like Monty Williams, yeah, uh, Walt Williams, and all of them mentioned you about your back your back in the day in high school. How like you was this mythical legend, right? They all mentioned you, man. Yeah. And do you remember playing in like the DC Capital Classic back in the day? Yeah. Yeah, I remember playing with uh, against Kurt, Kurt Smith. <laughs> Kurt Smith, that exactly. Awesome ta- that got some awesome talent. You know, Walt Williams played at Maryland. Uh-huh. I really respected Walt, you know, because he didn't go nowhere when they was under probation. He stayed and really balled out. Yeah. You know, he gave he gave Maryland that second win that they needed under Gary Williams. And he, they just awesome players, man. Uh-huh. Also, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say this for my age. You know, you know, I used to play video games back in the day. Everybody know about NBA jams. Was anybody yeah. was anybody seeing you in DC? Was anybody nah, seeing y'all nah. too? He wasn't seeing me, man. <laughs> nah, we, I'm a New Yorker. You know how it is. We don't give no credit. No, the Derek Coleman. Talk about Derek Coleman. Oh, Derek Coleman gets no credit. Nah, nah. All the players get credit, but New York is really hard. Hard uh, ballers. You know uh, what I'm saying? You saw point guards. Point guards. Ah, there it is. Your, your, your man, um, you know, uh, Kevin Durant, <laughs> who's from that area. His production company did it. And he did a great job. And he got to ask now. Well, he already he already went there. <laughs> he already he just ready to ask you about that. It's amazing how that happens on this show. Perfect. Yeah, it, it really was. You know, I'm I'm glad someone thought about the idea to do it. Uh, you know, to to really capture the 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 New York point guards. Uh, you know, it's it's so many guys that didn't make it that was pissed off after they saw it, but you can't. <laughs> Can't win for losing, man. That's life. Yeah. Hey, we that had that. Happened. Hey, hey, a coach. They, that the same thing happened with the PG with the PG uh, documentary. The same thing yeah. happened with Kevin Durant. Yeah. So many people so upset that they weren't on that on that initial yeah. documentary. Yeah, so it was wild. You can't make everybody happy. You're right. You can't. No, this you calls really for can. part two. This calls for part two, though. Mark yeah. Jackson, that's one of my favorites from there. Though. We've been talking about that for weeks, but. <laughs> We can move forward. Though. Go ahead, Wally. You got it, brother. All right. So, I mean, you, you mentioned, like, really, basically, this is going to be a third year, you know, if it's college. Yeah. Uh, Fish, Fish University, excuse me. So what yeah. are some of your goals for the upcoming season? So I'm just trying to change the culture. Uh-huh. Basically, the culture, the winning the winning culture, uh, change their attitude, you know, um, you know, about the game of basketball, but also game of life. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of 20, 21, 22-year-old guys, and, you know, I, I, who who but me? I can change it. You know, I can uh-huh. give them information. At 51, I played on every level and was successful at it. But also, I had my demons also. So, you know, I, I know how the game goes. And I can help them, you know, pr- you know, for, with their whole career. And that's what I'm trying to do. Just give back. Just give back. I mean, like, I like I meant... Like I mentioned before, you're to me like in my era, you're one of the best point guards in basketball yeah. in the NBA. I'm not just saying it because you're on the show; it's just it's a fact. Yeah, you know Thank what I mean. You. So, like, so obviously you're coaching kids, and yeah. you know, you would like you said, you've done it before. You've done it at a high, at the highest yeah. level in all phases of basketball, right? Yeah. High school, college, the NBA. In terms of your players, are they valuing that resource? You know what I mean? Because you are like, especially the, especially your point guards, are they valuing <laughs> you as that resource? 
Now I think they are, you uh, know, after three years, because you know I, their mothers and fathers know. Yeah. <laughs> but they 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 didn't know. They they know now. They're like, wow, okay. So they asked me a lot of questions, you know, about the game, you know, about life, and it's and I and I and I'm I'm real, so I try to give them, you know, the realness, you know, uh, about about basketball, about life, about about anything, you know. Uh-huh. And um, you know, it's been great. I, I love it here, and my daughter is a senior here. Oh, wow. University. So she she loves it too. She's getting the real spiel of HBCU, and that's a that's a blessing. I love it. I love it. Are you teaching you teaching them point guards not to carry? You teach them how to really show their yeah. path, right? Are you? I yeah. mean, what, cause they all want to be like James Harden. They always want to travel. They all want to travel. I'm trying like to teach Hall. them the Allen Iverson. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I know yeah. that's right. So, yeah. it's, so coach, also, how is how is the recruiting process going for you? And oh, if, you, if, if you, if anything, you want to highlight some players? Yeah, you know, um, Tyron, I recruited him. You know, he's a uh, he's a great player. He's from Ohio, um, and um, I got, I got, I got, I recruited first uh-huh. year. This is the first year my team is with me now. Wow, so wow. I'm excited about that. But he's uh he's not, he's really, he's legit. You know, uh-huh. player. Then I have Ethan. You know, Ethan played with last year, one of the top in the conference. Uh, Jamon, you know, he was a, he was the freshman freshman of the year in the conference. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm building. I'm building. So I think this year we're gonna be very good. We're gonna be very good. What's interesting about your experience is, like you said, you're new to an HBCU relatively, yeah. and you're being educated. You're growing in this yeah. experience. So. I'm wondering how long do you think it's going to take before you can just translate your growth in this experience to your players who will be coming to an HBCU? I, I think I did it already. I just got to keep giving it all. Keep, you know, keep being real. And, I, and I'm real. And I know where I came from. How, and I, how can I help them grow as human beings? That's the main thing. And that's why I love my job. I love it. Not so much the wins and losses. We'll get there. We'll get uh-huh. there. But I gotta be real with them and be honest and upfront, and um, you know, you know, and, and that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to. But I think I got some. I got most of my guys. Uh-huh. You know, to, to you gotta believe in yourself. Uh-huh. You gotta believe in yourself. Once you believe in yourself, sky's the limit. You work extremely hard in school, classroom, uh, and then on the court, and then you could you can go places. You can uh-huh. go places. So, so coach, how difficult you mentioned, you know, you came in during like the COVID era. How difficult has it been like to recruit and just the whole, the whole, the whole recruit process during the COVID era? Well, the COVID era was crazy. We, uh-huh. we had our season, but uh, no, it was just nuts. Last uh-huh. year, it was, it was tough. But I had the guys that worked extremely hard for me. Uh-huh. And it was just difficult in the COVID, the COVID area, COVID year. Uh-huh. Yeah. But right now, I think it's, it's changing now. And uh, we got to get it together. And uh, we got a new AD, so uh-huh. you know we'll see. It's going, it's going up here at this. It's going up. I know it definitely seems. I, I, like I said, patient. You got to be in anything in life. You got to uh-huh. be patient. Well, I mean, I think it's going to happen for you. I mean, like I said, yeah. you're a great re- resource, and especially in the day of ba- the days of basketball, with guard oriented now. You know, yeah. back in the day, yeah. it used to be bigs oriented. Now yeah. it's guard oriented. So if those kids are willing to listen to a dude that has yeah. done it in all levels, they, you know, they should. Yeah. They'll be all right. They'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, man. I love it, man. We'll get it together. I love it. I love the administration. They're helping somewhat. And I just got to keep grinding. I got to keep grinding. It's something that something new to me. Keep grinding. It's new to me. Oh, what, so it it comes so easy? 
Because it comes so easy, right? As a hooper. Yeah, my, my, my life was easy. So now it's, it's difficult now with the sponsorship, the uh, certain games, we get to, to travel and to see. They got to see different life experiences. And that's what I'm trying to give these guys. Well, I do have one more question before I let you go. Um, you mentioned some of your great teammates for evening in college. Do you ever have them try to come down and talk to some of your kids? Yes. Dennis Scott came down, Brian Oliver, uh-huh. you know, Ma- Malcolm Mackey from Georgia Tech. All those guys came down. Kenny Smith is coming next year to speak. Awesome. You know, I- I'm trying to do that uh-huh. yearly. Different awesome. guys sitting out practice. Derek Coleman, you know, we talked, you know, he said he's going to come down for the uh-huh. weekend watch a game, talk to my kids, watch practice. So they need that. And that's what I'm trying to do. I know so many people, mm-hmm. but so many people, you know, it, it is what it is. It is what it you is. Know, <laughs> some people, people say they're going to come and never come. I get it. You know, I that's just life. That's just life. Yeah, we understand. We know that. We know that ourselves. We got uh, Hey, I just want to say, though, I don't know I don't know how heavy you are on these social media streets, but HBCU basketball coverage, HBCU sports coverage is huge right now, no yes. matter what division or level you at. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I try to preach. It doesn't matter whatever level you at. Just be the best at it. Uh-huh. And then somebody's going to come and find you, regardless. Yes. It's different It's different when I played. But now, you know, they, they, they look at scouts. I got two young men you know, going overseas that played for me last year. So I'm just trying to help in any way possible. Definitely. Well, Coach, thanks for being on. We appreciate you. Is there anything you'd like to add? No, nah, man, I just would, I, I just wish, you know, I just want everybody to watch the growth of Fish University, watch us play, and, and basically that's it. You know, I just we're, we're up and coming. We're up and coming. Love it. Love it. Hey, thanks for being on HBCU Corner with the Urban Sports thing. We appreciate it. My man. Thanks, uh, man. No problem.